You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 11 here at 847 York Street. Good morning, Harvest. I hope that you'll take the time to download our notes today as we're jumping into part two of Standing Firm on Shaky Ground. We're going to be covering a number of scriptures and really kind of uh, walking through more of a teaching. Uh, I've been, usually I take up more of a preaching aspect, but we're going to be looking at Psalm 27 and taking it apart verse by verse. So I just really encourage you to mark up your Bibles. Yes, you can write in your Bibles. Uh, Take a highlighter, circle, underline. When I fill up a Bible, it's time to buy a new one. So I just hope that you'll take time to do that with a paper Bible. Download the notes, and let's get started with week two, standing firm on shaky ground. I just want to pray for you today. Father, thank you so very much that you are for us and not against us. Lord, that you love us so very much. Lord, in this time when uh, the world seems upside down, thank you, Lord, that we can stand firm on the solid rock of our foundation with you and the foundation of your word. Help us now as we look to the word to understand it, to place it into our heart, and to build wisely in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Well, last week we took some time to set up a context of what trials and testing are in our lives. And we looked at the parable of the person who builds on the rock, as opposed to the person who builds without a foundation and builds on the sand. And Jesus said, when the storm comes. And it's not if. And we're living in a when season of our lives right now. And if you have found that your life's a little shaky, what I'm suggesting is that's okay. We can stand firm while the ground is shaking, and we can work on our foundations. I gave you the analogy of the police officer who really represents God in our lives, who comes to see the areas of our life that are unlocked, and he wants to secure them. And so that's the position of God the Father in times of testing and trial. God is not the author of the test or the trial, but he uses it in our life to secure our lives. But there is a thief And there is an enemy that wants to break in and to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So my heart, as your pastor throughout this series, is that we will learn how to secure our lives and stand firm on shaky ground. Some of you will know uh, Pastor Paul Lequier, who is here as our youth pastor for a number of years. And uh, we just love Paul and his wife, Lindsay, and their new family so very much. He's down in uh, Virginia, uh, pastoring there. But I remember coming into this room, the auditorium, uh, just like it is today, empty. <laughs> and, uh, and we came into this room to pray. And, and I said, uh, let's just pray together, uh, Paul. We're, I'd like to do this with you. And, and so I prayed first out loud, and, and then I kind of made some space for him to pray. And uh, he was kind of just really quiet, and uh, I couldn't hear him, and, and almost praying to himself. And I said, I said, Paul, I want you to pray out loud. And he said to me, I'm not comfortable praying out loud. (laughs) And I said, what a perfect teaching opportunity. I want you to learn how to pray out loud because something begins to take place when we praise God out loud, when we declare the Scriptures out loud, when we pray out loud. Well, he began kind of timid, but his voice began to grow, 
And it was almost as if at the time, at the end of our time, that he had this like new confidence. Uh, he was declaring things. He was praying things. It was really, really powerful. And I asked him after, what's the difference? He said, it's almost as if while I was beginning to pray out loud, that the things I was praying about, I felt as if they were happening as I was praying. I felt so confident that God was hearing me and my spirit was engaged with what I was saying. I said, bingo, that's exactly why it's so good to pray out loud. No, we don't have to pray out loud all the time. But just from time to time, declaring God's praise, praying out loud, because what's actually happening is exactly what Paul was experiencing, an authority and a faith that's growing in our heart as our spirit and our brains uh, cooperate with what we're saying. And so today we're going to be talking about declaring, declaring uh, God's Word and having faith declarations in our life. Declaration and what we speak is so very important. Proverbs 18.21, words kill, words give life. And you've probably experienced something that's been spoken to you that's brought great comfort to you and great life to you, but we've all experienced as well words that come and they cut deeply. Words have a power. They're either poison or fruit you choose. I want you to think about, even during this time, just kind of a, a gauge of your own voice. How have you been doing? This is a time that it's really easy to kind of speak negatively. Um, I, I received some banking information this week, and, and my mutuals are taking a hit like crazy, like yours are, because the markets are spiraling during this time. And, and uh, it, it would be really easy for me to say, oh, my goodness, my future is like, it, this, is, this is terrible. This is doom and gloom. I don't have a future. Everything I've saved up for, what's the use? Why did I do this? It would be easy to do that. But I don't want to confess those things over my finances. I want to confess blessing over my finances. I want to say things that, like, God is in control of my finances. And this is a principle that I've learned in my life. Christina and I have learned in our marriage and in our family and in our life. And I want to make sure that as a congregation, we understand that words are powerful. Now, think about it. In the beginning of the age, it doesn't say God thought about creation and it happened. It said, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And so God has given this, uh, this power in the speech, in the spoken word, in what we declare. And so perhaps you've been speaking negatively. I, I want to help you to shift that now and begin to speak what God is saying over your life and over your circumstances. That's how we're going to stand firm on shaky ground. Romans 10.9 says this, and I really want you to see these two words. Ready? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Now, we understand this dynamic when somebody's being born again and making the decision to be a Christ follower. I want you to see, though, that our salvation is our life with God. Salvation is more than just the forgiveness of sins. It's everything we have need of. It's all of God's goodness being poured into our life. And that happens with two dynamics. It happens with confessing with our mouth, believing with our heart. What's in your heart today? As we build our relationship with the Lord, we're building on the rock. Jesus said when the storms come, we want to be on a strong foundation of the rock of our relationship with the Lord and His Word. As we put that into our heart, 
then we begin to believe those things, but it's not enough. Some of you are going to have an issue with this. Follow it through. It's not enough just to believe what you've put in your heart. You have to do more than believe. Now you have to confess it and speak it out. This is not a once done. This is a lifestyle of speaking what God speaks, agreeing with God's word by confessing it and saying it. I want you to see the two words, all right? Confession and believing. So what's in your heart right now and what's in my heart right now? The Bible says whatever's in your heart determines what you say. (laughs) And so if there's negativity coming out of your mouth right now, it could be that you have filled yourself with the negativity of these times, the doom and gloom of these times. And I want you to begin to see that even in this series, even as we take the time uh, in our in our Zoom uh, small groups to talk about these things, we're putting God's Word into our heart. We're putting uh, our relationship with each other into our heart. We're putting good things into our heart so that the Holy Spirit has a reservoir to go into so that He can pull that out and help you confess and speak what God wants you to confess and speak. These things work together. It's a very powerful uh, principle. Hebrews 4.14 says this, Let us hold fast our confession. Now, it's talking about our confession of faith. It's talking about our faith confession of what's in our heart based on the Word of God, and we're to hold fast to it. Now, it's interesting. It doesn't just mean hold on to it and and to hold on to it with with a good grip. But this word literally means that we are to release the confession with a faith, knowing that as we confess the things of God, that there is an authority, there is a power being released, just as God said, let there be and there was. As we confess God's Word, we are releasing the power of God's Word over our circumstance, over our lives, over our family. And so the writer of the Hebrews is telling us, I want you to understand, as Pastor Paul experienced, as he prayed out loud that first time, and I know he teaches and preaches and models this now as a part of his life, he said, I felt faith rise in my heart. It was as if while I was praying, I felt like it was already happening. And that's what this hold fast means. We are releasing something out of our spirit by our mouth because of what we believe. Again, not a one done but a lifestyle that I want you to begin walking in. And if you already have this lifestyle, just that would kind of lubricate it today, you just get more fluid with it today and continue confessing the Word of God so you can stand firm on shaky ground. I want to read through uh, Psalm 27. We're going to look at the first three verses today and just kind of pull them apart and see that the psalmist David made a declaration He made some faith declarations that I want you to have in your life. We're going to do seven of these. Uh, This is week one of the statements, week two of our series, but our first understanding of what we're going to learn today. What is it we're going to confess? What is it we're going to put in our heart this week? And uh, so we begin, the Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. Wow, there's some powerful declarations there. There are some powerful confessions. But what was it that David put in his heart to be able to say those things? And that's what we want to cover here in the next few moments. 
You know, the, uh, the, the first faith declaration that I want us in week one of declaring, I will live strong. That's our declaration. That's what we want in our foundation we're learning this week. That's what David was saying in these first three verses. I will live strong. You know, the opposite of living a strong life would be to declare, I'm going to live a defeated life. I'm going to live a discouraged life. I'm going to have a depressed life. I'm going to be disappointed. Life is hard right now, and I can't overcome. And you might say, well, Pastor, I would never say those things. Well, you know what? As we kind of put a watch over our mouth, the reality is we can all slip into saying things that would bring us into that place of these declarations. So we want to be super careful what we are saying, and maybe you haven't even realized that you've been confessing over your own life poison uh, that the enemy would want you to consume when God is saying, let's begin to confess and eat the fruit of a good confession. And so uh, um, we're going to decide right now, number one, how did David do it? He made a decision. Live a strong life by deciding to live strong. This is a decision. You're going to talk about this this week in your uh, virtual online uh, small groups. And uh, this idea of have you really decided to live a strong life? Have you really decided to step into a place where you're not going to allow circumstance and situation to change your confession? You're going to decide to live a strong life. In 2 Chronicles chapter 32, we come into a story of a Syrian king named uh, Sennacherib. Sennacherib is the bad guy, all right? He's the guy with the black hat and black suit in our Western movie. It's not a Western movie. This is an old ancient history story, a real account from the Scriptures. But maybe just let your mind uh, paint a picture right now of Sennacherib, an evil king who wants to overcome God's people, who wants to overcome Judah. And then we have the good guys, and they're ruled by King Hezekiah. And King Hezekiah is overseeing God's people. Well, Sennacherib has God's people surrounded. He's brought in his vast army, a huge army, to overtake and attack. He is poised and ready for attack. Now, David, we just read that David was in a very similar place at his time of life, and he said, though a mighty army surrounds me, you might feel surrounded by the circumstances of COVID right now. You might feel not surrounded by people. <laughs> we don't feel very surrounded by people. But we do feel surrounded by circumstance. One of the greatest things that I'm facing in my own life, and just being candid, is I feel surrounded about the unknown of the future. What does the new normal, because it'll never be normal again, what does that look like? I want to look forward to it. I want to open my heart in faith for it. But it's easy to be troubled by it and feel like the future is attacking me, feeling like I'm being forced to do something I don't want to do. A mighty army surrounds me, David said. My heart will not be afraid. It's a good confession. He's making a decision. Even if I'm attacked, <laughs> so even if this army comes in, I will remain confident. So Hezekiah finds himself in a very similar place. And so King Hezi puts God's word into the people's minds and ears. Listen now uh, as we read 2 Chronicles 32, verse 8. He, he says to the people, be strong. He's saying to them, he's saying to us, make a decision today to be strong. It's a decision. He's not saying that you're not working hard enough, you're, you're doing it wrong, if you'll just do it right. He's not saying that. He's saying make a decision today. You have power over your circumstances. Make it right now. Be strong. Be courageous. Courageous doesn't mean not to have fear. 
It means in the midst of fear, I step out and make a decision to be strong and do what God's calling me to do. Do not be afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before this multitude is with him, for there are more with us than with him. Well, if I was there and understanding the story, I'm saying, King Hezekiah, liar, liar, pants, on fire. Because this army is way bigger than we are. And so he goes on to explain, with Sennacherib is an arm of flesh. Oh, he's a powerful king, and he has a lot of weapons. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. Come on, and to fight our battles. It's my battle with Jesus' battle, and together we're battling. I'm not battling alone. is isn't just Jesus battling for me, but together we're battling. How are we doing that? We're doing it by making the decision today, I'm going to live a strong life. And the people, look now, look at this, were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. The very word that God was speaking through king Hezekiah became a strength because they had decided they were opening their lives up, they were going to receive, and it produced a strength so that they could make the decision. You might feel like, I can't make that decision today. Yes, you can. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. Make the decision today to live strong by making the decision. Number two, live strong by declaring who God is. Now, how did David do that? David first made a decision, and then David began to declare who God was. Let's look at a couple of David's declarations, and I want them to be yours and to be mine. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my light. What does he mean? In this time of darkness, it's really easy to misunderstand what's happening through our uh, really just limited perception. I remember when I was a little kid, I, it's, like, it's like yesterday. I don't know if you have memories of your childhood, and I think we all do. And I just remember being, you know, four or five and waking up in the middle of the night. I'd had a bad dream, and I looked at the end of my bed, and I was sure there was a monster on the end of my bed. I could see his eyes. I could make out his ears. I could see his fangs. I could see his claws. And I would look away. I was so afraid. Uh, and then I would look again. I think maybe I'm just making this up. No, it was even clearer. And the more that I looked at what was at the end of my bed in the darkness of my room, the more I was convinced until finally I screamed out. <laughs> and one of my parents came. And, of course, the first thing they did was turn the light on in my room. And you know what I realized? There was no monster on the end of my bed at all. All of my stuffies were on the end of my bed. And the way I was perceiving them, it looked as if, it looked as if it were a monster. Right now, there are things we're looking at, and it looks as if it's going to crowd us out. It looks as if we should be confused. It looks as if we don't know what to do tomorrow. But the Lord is my light. And as I declare that, as David declared it, it's as if the switch goes on. And you can begin to see your life, your circumstances, now with the light of God's presence, the light of His Word, the light of His relationship with you. All of these things turn a light on in our life. Psalm 119 says, the Word, God's Word that He speaks to us as we read, as we're studying even today, is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. This is a, a, a lamp that in these days they would have carried. It didn't cast a lot of light, but it would have cast enough light so you could see where to put your foot. Why? I want to stand firm on shaky ground. God's going to show you 
where, as you make decisions, where, not literally puts your foot, but the foot of your life as you're making decisions and as you're building in this time. David went on, the Lord is my salvation. This word is, is phenomenal. Again, it doesn't just mean the forgiveness of sins, although that is fantastic. It means rescue. It means safety. It means restoration. God restoring back to me what's been destroyed by the enemy. The good news is, in the past, if you've had a break-in in your life by the enemy and your foundation didn't hold, you can build today. And God can restore, the Bible says, what the enemy has exploited in your life. Some of you that are already versed in this, and you already understand these principles, a verse just popped in your mind. A verse from the Old Testament that says, whatever the chewing worm has eaten, God will restore a thousand times. Some of you are already quoting that. You're, you're getting on to this, and that's so good. Listen, uh, God is my salvation. I'm declaring the God who restores, the God who protects, the God who rescues, the God who brings safety. That's my God. And as I confess that as a part of my life in these days, it strengthens my stance. It strengthens what I'm standing on. He alone is my rock and my salvation. There's our word. My fortress where I will never be, come on, say it together, shaken while I'm standing firm on shaky ground. How do I do it? With a confession. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my fortress. When my guys were little, I have five boys, and when all of them were little, uh, they would, uh, at time to time, have bad dreams, and, and uh, they ha- they, when they were real little, uh, we had a third-story attic space that was converted for their bedroom, and I could hear them come down the stairs, bah, 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 and then they would jump into bed with us. <laughs> and uh, I would reassure them, always on my side, I'm not sure why, I think because mom always pretended she was asleep and couldn't be awakened. But they would come in on my side, and, and I would cuddle, cuddle with them a little bit and whisper in their ear it was going to be okay, and then we would pray, and they would feel secure enough to be able to go back up to their room. And so this idea that the Lord is my fortress, what are we confessing? God is safe. God wants to snuggle with you. Can I just say it that way? God is not scary. God isn't expecting you to buck up and pull up your, pull up your socks and somehow show yourself strong in that sense of I can do this. No, even as a little child, God is our Father, that we would know that we can run to Him and we are safe. We can come into His presence. We are safe. We can even complain to God, I'm scared right now, Father. He's our fortress. We're allowed to do it. That's a safe place that we can do it. He will reassure you. And in the place of reassurance, you're going to know that you have a safe place that you can go. What a great declaration to make, to stand firm. I am convinced, Paul said in the New Testament, that nothing, nothing, nothing can uh, ever come against uh, his love. Uh, we're looking at another, uh, another declaration that, that uh, he was convinced, he was confident. My declaration is the Lord, if you're taking notes today, the Lord is my confidence. I'm not confident in myself. I'm confident in his love. I'm confident in him. I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the, our fears for today or worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. That's a great declaration. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. We read that last week, and we're going to keep reading this declaration. This is an amazing faith declaration. Number three, live strong 
while you're under attack. A number of years ago, I had an area in my life that I was trying to overcome, and the enemy just kept bringing trial and tribulation and attack in my life in this particular area that I was trying to get victory in. And I realized one day that I had the understanding that the attack itself, the temptation itself, the thought itself of, of not doing well or fear coming in at that moment, those, that attack I interpreted as I'm not doing well. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing well right now. Number three, live strong while you are under attack. Now, this may seem, seem strange to you, but this is really an important principle. A number of years ago, as a young man, I was learning some of these principles in my own life, and there was an area that the enemy kept bringing attack in my life. He kept tempting. He kept undermining. He kept coming against me. And I was really downtrodden about that. I had this sense of if I'm doing well in the Lord, I wouldn't be attacked. If I was doing super well and, you know, strong in the Lord, I'm standing firm, then the enemy wouldn't be able to attack me. That's a lie in and of itself. The fact that we are under attack just means we're breathing air. <laughs> Even Jesus, when he went into the wilderness, was attacked by, by Satan. And then the Scriptures tell us that Satan waited for an opportune time to come against Jesus again. Well, what's an opportune time? Anytime the enemy feels like attacking, but usually in a moment of weakness, usually when we're not feeling that strong. I want to encourage you, make the decision to live strong even if fear is attacking you right now, even if you're having issues with anxiety right now. Whatever you might feel attacked by, make the decision, I'm living strong during the attack. And that's what David was saying. He was surrounded. Hezekiah was surrounded. They made the decision, I'm still going to live strong. I'm not going to equate, I am feeling like I'm not doing well. I feel like I'm under attack. Therefore, I'll just sit down and die. <laughs> they didn't do that. They stood. I have some scriptures that I uh, want to give you in the discussion guide this week. Some great scripture declarations to make about when you feel that way, you can pronounce, no, I may feel this way, but in reality, this is what God says. I hope that you'll have a look at that. There's one verse that corresponds for each day of the week. You could do this this week to come. Five scripture declarations. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. And so we're going to make that decision to live strong even if we're feeling attacked. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2, and I close with this verse today. And I hope this has been helpful for you as we talk about making these faith declarations, just the power of declaration today, and you're making the decision that you're going to do that, and to begin to put a watch over your mouth and begin to have a lifestyle of standing firm. How? Get it in your heart. You've got to believe it first. It's got to be in there, and you have to read it and study it and get it in there. And then it's there on reservoir so you can speak it. You are snared by your words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. Proverbs is warning that if there is positive fruit in your life, you can, uh, then, then, then you can draw on that. But if not, you can actually, you may just haven't been realizing it, but you've been speaking negativity. You've been speaking gloom and doom over yourself, over your finances, over this time, over the future. 
I want you to really, really take an inventory of your words. Don't be snared by your words. Find life in your words. Find life by a faith declaration. And as we practice this together and talk about it in small groups and share with each other how to change the confession of our mouth, you're going to see that you'll be able to stand firm on shaky ground. Just before I dismiss you uh, and pray a prayer of blessing over you today, I'd like to ask today, have you ever made the decision to have a relationship with Jesus? Have you ever given your life to Jesus? He loves you so much today. We read a scripture earlier on. I just want to point it back, point it to your attention again. If you believe in your heart, and that's simply that at this moment you know that Jesus died for you. Maybe you're hearing that for the first time. That's okay. Something, if something's going on inside your heart right now, you go, you know what? I believe that. Then that you would believe it's for you. I would, you just have one more step, and that is to confess with your mouth, I want salvation. I want eternal life. I want a relationship with this loving God. You could confess that right now. In fact, I'm going to pray a short prayer. And if you were just to pray it after me today, that's your confession, and you could have eternal life. Why don't you make that decision right now to believe and to confess to receive salvation? Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me just the way I am. Today, I believe it's for me. I receive eternal life. Come into my life now. Forgive my sin. Thank you as we start our relationship now together that I can walk in this new exciting life with you. Amen. If you pray a prayer like that, we believe you were born again and you've started your life with Jesus. I would encourage you. You, you, you have it now. Uh, you, you're born again. You confess. You believe. But why don't you take it one more step just to really solidify it in your life and click the link that's down below that says, I made a decision today to follow Jesus. We just want to celebrate that with you because the Bible says all of heaven is celebrating that with you. I'm not going to close my eyes, but I'm going to pray right now. I want to bless everybody at Harvest today, or if you're watching, to have an amazing week. Ready? Lord, I pray right now that your power, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God that we have sensed in worship today, that we sense in the Word today, doesn't end when we click off this segment. No, it just begins. I thank you, Lord, that every single person has a confession of their mouth, a declaration that they can make over their circumstances. Thank you for the stories that we're going to hear over these weeks of people who have overcome and made the decision, I'm going to live strong. I'm going to be strong. God has a portion for me. God has anointing for me. God has strength for me. I'm going to receive it and confess it in Jesus' name. Come on, that's your portion. Everybody said amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week.